This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Whitmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, it's a good thing that us for this podcast, for this whole YouTube channel that we're doing... It's a good thing that we don't cover the UFC because did you hear the latest news for the UFC? No, I did not. Because apparently I hope college football doesn't pick up the same kind of policy because then we wouldn't be able to report the news. There's apparently a reporter at their latest fight. He broke the news about the Brock Lesnar coming back to UFC. Guess what Dana White did? Kicked him out of the event, took away his press credentials, and then said, you are banned from coming back to UFC events. So, good thing we can actually report the news and talk about the news for college football. Well, good thing we can actually talk about sports outside of UFC or whatever bullshit that is. Man, I mean, we could talk about Alabama without the worry of Nick Saban breathing down our back saying... You can't talk about that unless I want it out, boys. I'll tell you what, You can't though, talk about that. If, if I had Nick Saban breathing down my back right now, I'd <laughs> be like, hey, Nick, this is fucking cool. <laughs> like, he can, he can go ahead and do that anytime he wants to. Never met Nick Saban before. Me neither. I haven't had the opportunity, but I'm sure if he was breathing down my back, eventually we would probably meet. But we've got a jam-packed show for you guys today. Going to be talking some more Baylor football is Jim Globe the right guy to, or Grobe, pardon me, the right guy to right the ship for the Baylor Bears. We're going to be talking about some Jim Harbaugh. Is he good or bad for college football entering year two? And then we're going to pack up the show talking about some Big 12 expansion featuring a Florida team of the Florida variety. That made sense in my head. Didn't make sense coming out. But we're going to be talking about Baylor first and The first thing, Brandon, that I want to bring up with the new hire or the interim hire, I should say, of Jim Grobe is in his opening press conference at McLean Stadium, he he, he said a quote that, and I quote, our goal right now is to steady the ship and be as consistent day to day as we possibly can be, end quote. However, I look at that and I read a separate article today from Brian Chapman on ESPN. Brandon Chapman. And it's a great, it's a great article. Thank you for the correction, by the way. Great article because it's exactly the point that I was thinking when I was kind of watching and listening to some of the comments from Grobe was, how can you say we want to steady the ship but keep the entire coaching staff and all the assistants that were there from when it happened. It just doesn't make sense to me. I agree with you. I I, I think it's interesting. And and Chapman, who I I also agree, I think the article is an interesting one. Definitely make sure you you take a read on it. It'll be be in the description. And it's on ESPN, too, if you you don't look look in the description. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Grobe does talk about things and uses words as character, integrity, deeply regretful, things like that. But one thing that he does make mention of is that they're going to be putting football first. There's nothing wrong with putting football first. I think that's that's huge. But you need to be able to to make sure publicly, I mean, in a position like this publicly, that you know you did something wrong, that you know that 
there has to be measures that are taken to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to get people, and, and quite honestly, I, I think it would be odd if you didn't have a lot of people wondering, okay, this Jim Grope guy is here. He's keeping the whole staff. Well, I think you're going to get a lot of people to question, why would you do that if you want to completely get off to a fresh start? Most people would say that doesn't seem too fresh. And the thing that doesn't sit right with me, because when I first heard that, oh, well, Grobe is going to keep the coaching staff, my first immediate thought was, okay, well, do I agree with it? No, but part of me is like, okay, well, I kind of get it because – you're coming into a new situation, and in order to be successful, because he's an interim, which means he's not guaranteed the job after this season. In order to win football games, you got to have some sort of consistency, coach-wise. Bringing in new coaches at this point would just be catastrophic. However, you go to read on in this article, and Chapman even says. And yet the bulk of the coaching staff, which wasn't exactly cleared of any wrongdoing in the Pepper Hamilton report, I see that and I go, okay, that changes everything. Get rid of all of them. You're not cleared of any wrongdoing and you want to right the ship? Clean house. It don't matter. And if you're at this point, it should not be about like I get what I'm saying is not the popular opinion. This shouldn't be about winning football games. This should be about fixing the problem at hand. And if your main focus coming into this situation is to win football games, well, guess what? You're just as bad as the last guy because that same mindset got us in this situation. Eventually, you're going to get back to winning football games, but the point here is to fix the fucking problem. And by keeping this coaching, I said it in our last podcast, the video podcast, you get rid of everybody. You just get rid of everybody because it's either that or the NCAA can come down and say, you know what, fuck it, death penalty. You know, again, uh, I think there's two things I want to get to in what you just said. The first one being is that I know that one thing that I said the last time that we had a podcast was that. I mean, who's to say that some of these coaches didn't come forward and say, Art, hey, we've got some problems going on here, man. We mm-hmm. have got to deal with this. And, and, and Bryles go, yeah, 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 we'll deal with it. We will. Yeah, we'll get to it. You know, but we've got this going on, this going on. We'll get to it. We'll, it'll be fine. And then you just kind of, t- and then Bryles just kind of tables it. And then the coaches, I mean, the other assistant coaches, I mean, they don't really have then a whole lot of pull. You know, Bryles is the guy, he's the coach or was. You know, and maybe that's what Grobe's kind of saying is that, you know, he trusts the process. These coaches are going to coach football, and that's just that's all they want to do. They want to coach football. They don't want to be in the limelight. They don't want to have to worry about whether their job is on the line or not. Just, okay, you know, I trust the process. I'm keeping them. I am keeping them because I know that they can do their job, and their job is to coach football, and they're good at that. And that may be one thing that Grobe is trying to do. The second thing is you talk about death penalty again, and I just, you know, I've listened to a lot of places. I've I've watched mm-hmm. um, Rosillo and Canal. Uh, I death penalty just is it's too much for me. It's too much for me, and I don't well, think I don't think that's going to happen. In order, I, I just to... don't. I just don't think that the death penalty is something that n- is going to come down in this situation because I don't think 
I, I, in all honesty, I don't know if it warrants it. I mean, well, I just want to bring. I want to bring this State up. Got it, and they, I think, were worse than this. I want to bring this up because this is what I heard on um, the herd last week, and I'm going to leave this clip. That's what down. you heard on the herd, punny, punny, very punny from Colin Cow Herd. But what he said last week, and I will leave this video down in the description for you guys to see it. Is he said on his radio show? This is what the death penalty was made for. It wasn't made for, oh, a guy like Reggie Bush got some extra money to help his mom. Oh, you gave a college kid an extra meal to make sure that he was fed that night. No, this is what the death penalty was made for because it was an injustice against other human beings. We've talked about that. We know our two opinions I am totally for giving them the death penalty. You say it doesn't warrant it. But just getting back to Jim Grobe and this coaching well, really, staff. Really quickly, I, I, don't, I, we're, I don't want to move, up, move on yet. What? Then there needs to be more. I don't want to make this sound bad because I am more than most people mm-hmm. am looking out for the interest of others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if anyone's wrong, I think that's wrong. And I, I think that the severity of the situation, it's very severe. It's a very severe situation. It's very, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible what has happened. But the death penalty, you know, I think that it's difficult because what does it, you know, when does it warrant? When does something warrant the death penalty? There needs this. to be. That's what I say, but, this. But, but there needs to be, needs to be more. It is not clear. It is not clear. The there way, needs to be some rules and some guidelines. Listen to me before you're no, thinking am, about what you're going to say next. No, I know what I'm going to say. and help me trying to find what is going to warrant the death penalty. You know, oh, this situation, this would. No, well, and then to this me, one might. okay. You know, what, what, were, I'm what help be the, you what's out. the criteria? I'm going to help you out. For me, and this is just me as a person, when I say this situation warrants the death penalty, if you are going to have a football program that foster, I'm going to use the words fosters, is okay with, um, what's some other fancy words that I could use here? Um, let's this kind of behavior kind of run rampant and eh, it's okay. We don't have to keep it in check. When you have this kind of a culture and you're okay with it, then you get the death penalty. That is, to me, what warrants the death penalty. If you are going to have a football program that warrants a culture similar to this, and you could use that in, it could be with what's going on here, it could be a totally different situation than the rape part of it, the culture. If the culture's the same and it's this dark, death penalty. For Penn State. Some horrible things went on at Penn State. Some terrible things. We all know it. Not even they got it. Here's the thing I'm going to say about Penn State. It was terrible. It is. Here's the big difference between this and Penn State. By the time we got to Penn State, Sandusky was gone. Joe Paterno was gone. Most of the people involved in the cover-up were gone. That's a situation where I looked at it and I went, should have got to this 10 years ago, 20 years ago. If we would have got to it sooner, death penalty on the spot. This one, everybody is still there. 
And the thing that kind of bugs me the most, not only does this coaching staff get to stay on scotch-free, it's basically Art Bryles is a scapegoat. That's what they're saying because the coaching staff is still there. The chancellor may not be the chancellor, but he's still fucking teaching law at Baylor. What the fuck is this shit? If you're going to step down as chancellor, you should be gone from the school because you fostered and you're okay with this kind of a culture. Yeah, I'm that's sh- the problem I have. I'm sure he's teaching his ethics class. In well, the and fall. that's the thing. It's like you're going to teach law and then be involved with this. It's fucking hypocritical. It's it, it's actually pathetic. That I, too. I, I think I think that. But the number one thing, and the number one thing that I'd like to look out for in in this instance. When we, you know, some people get so, oh, death penalty. Like you, Ricky, I really think, you know, you come, you kind of come down, death, mm-hmm. give, death penalty, death penalty. What about the what about the student athletes that weren't involved? What about the student athletes that weren't involved? What about them, you know? They, 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 they're not just going to school at Baylor to be a student athlete and, you know, go out there and fight with their teammates every Saturday and not really go towards anything. I mean, just imagine and if here, for, you know, however many years you couldn't, you were going out there to compete, but for what? For what? Didn't even matter if you won your conference. For what? Why don't you just go after the ones actually involved, the players involved, the coaches? You say, okay, you know what? We may lose some recruits mm-hmm. because we get rid of this coach and they were they were with this coach. That's who was going to be their coach. That's why they were going to come here. So we lose a couple because of that. But we keep the rest of them intact. And that we and we say, you know what? We have we have gotten rid of the problem. You are you guys are not the problem. You are what's keeping us going because you are going out there and you're fighting, you're grinding every day to make it to Saturday, to make it to a playoff. To make us look good and bring in money for us. That's where this school is getting most of their money anyways. Athletics and the football program. And here's the thing. We're not going to get it. I'm not saying like we're going to get a death penalty right off the bat. Because any decision cannot be made too too rash. I mean, there's a process to this. We have to go through the investigation that I believe is still ongoing. But as soon as that investigation finds out this point, like as soon as it's like you were involved, you weren't, you were involved, you weren't. The way I would say it is if you were giving the school the death penalty, like this is after the investigation has gone on. If it's like, okay, we're giving the school the death penalty. If you were a student athlete that had nothing to do with this and you are scotch free, you get a chance to transfer anywhere you want. You get a free pass to anywhere else you want to continue your college career and have the same opportunity that you would have had here. I'm sorry that these other assholes ruined your time to finish this at Baylor, but I am letting you in. It would be they wouldn't have to wait a year, no transfer rule. It would be, in my world, you get to go to whatever school you want to transfer to Barring that that school, it would basically be like you're an open recruit again. It would basically you could be, be a, 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 basically a disbanding of that yeah, school. No, it would be or of that program rather, not the school, the program. And rather. is that the like? And that's the thing with the death penalty. But that's that's what, what it's going to do. But I agree with you. That's what should happen. You should be able to do that. You should be mm-hmm. afforded that option because it makes no sense to to punish everybody. I am not one of the. 
oh, this person did it. But let's punish everyone just to you no, know, teach you them all. No, if you had nothing to do crap. with it, you should so be able to you, transfer wherever you, you want. You should be able to give get that liberty to yeah. do that. I, 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 these things are tough. Let me tell you. I mean, if and if it's if it's tough for the people who talk about it, and there's multiple people mm-hmm. who have talked about it, who will talk about it. It's an issue. It's a, it's a deeper issue. We talked about that deep issue last week for sure. I think that. Gosh, I just I I think that it's hard. I mean, you can't even imagine then really what what the NCAA you know ponders about and what they go over and how much back and forth they go over because I you know the NCAA does not want to see any program have to get the death penalty. I don't really think they they want that. They I, I don't think that. Um, I I think that at the end of the day they they want these programs to be great because at the end of the day. Who is it about? It's about, honestly, really, it's about these college athletes and stuff like that. But also, who is it about at the top? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's about your donors, and it's about your board of trustee members, because if they're not happy, guess what? They might take their money elsewhere. And And guess what? Then you're screwed. And if I'm a donor or a board of trustee member, and first off, if I knew this was going on, shame on you. You're a fucking terrible human being, and you deserve to be right in this with everybody else on a punishment. If you didn't know about this, cut the cord. Fuck it. You're not getting my money. But I've said that in our last podcast. I want to kind of circle the wagons back to what we originally came on, because we kind of got on the death penalty topic I want to bring it back to. But I think it was a good. I think, a good I think it was a good it thing is. to get on because I I, I really I really do. You can't escape it. You can't you escape can't. it. But I think it's also like I said. That's why I really wanted to kind of bring up and talk out what constitutes getting the death penalty mm-hmm. or not because I feel like sometimes some people are too quick to say absolutely this deserves the death penalty. But at the at the same time, I think people on the other side sometimes are too quick to say nah. No, they're not, they don't need it. That doesn't constitute it. That doesn't warrant it. And what I want to kind of circle back to is in the article, this is the um, Brandon Chapman article, it says in here, and I quote, on multiple occasions in the Pepper Hamilton reports, findings of fact, the report referred to football coaches and staff when highlighting the failings of the football program. Yet Art Bryles is the only member of the coaching staff to be punished. The school has not released names of every person who has been removed due to findings. Thus, a cloud looms over the remaining members of the coaching staff. If that's in the report and it says football coaches and staff, it just brings me back to our first issue. Why are there not being changes made? And the reason why, and I'll answer my own question, is because no matter what happens, no matter what anybody says, you can throw around these words of, character and integrity and regret. But in the bottom line, nothing is going to change. All Baylor cares about is winning football games. That's all they care about. And I hope that's not true. I hope there's real change going on behind the scenes. However, that's what it seems like to me. And at the best best case scenario, well, the perfect scenario would be the coaches, the Clear house, get a new coaching staff in the door right now. But if that coaching staff stays, then your best scenario is that Grobe is just saying, hey, you know what? 
I can't come in here and clear house because that would totally derail this season and it wouldn't be fair to these players. I expect if Jim Grubbs is the man I want him to be at the end of the season, he will just start kicking people out the door. Now that the season's over, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. And like right down the line, unless they were gone through the season after the investigation. So there's another little piece on ESPN.com, and it talks about a group of supporters who thanked Ken Starr in a newspaper ad. Fucking ridiculous. And they thanked him for a variety of things, including his, quote, exceptional care for students and their well-being, end quote. So then it goes down a little bit farther. And the group of of supporters thanks Star for Mm -hmm. the following. Please read. Please. For your integrity, leadership, character, and humble nature. For your exceptional care for students and their well-being. For your intellect and recruitment of distinguished faculty. For elevating Baylor University to new heights in academic excellence, sports, Research, innovation, and service. We're grateful, end quote. The we're grateful, all caps. This isn't a video podcast. Could you let everyone know what I'm doing right now? It looks to be uh, Ricky is pretending to uh, jerk something off. Doing a jerk off motion because this is bullshit. Like the reason, like, and oh, this brings me up. I want to, I'm going to bring up something that me and you, I just show you before this podcast that I saw earlier in the day. I don't know if Kent Starr is stupid or if he knows what's going on in his head because if you haven't, you got to go on ESPN. You got to find the video of where um, Kent Starr basically, he was asked about the emails that he received, basically says, yeah, I might have received those, but I don't remember. Basically saying, yeah, I received them. Then his advisor says, wait, I have to talk to you, brings him into a different part of the house, brings him out of that room, says, okay, we got to re-record this segment. I don't want anything misedited. She asks, the reporter asks the question again. He says, no, I did not receive any emails. And he immediately turns to his advisor and says, is that good? Or just looks at her. And she's like, don't look at me, look at her. I don't, like, I see that and I go, okay, is this guy, like, as evil as we think he is or is he just a fucking idiot? I'm thinking it's the latter. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on in his own head. And that's what I think, like, like how are you that much of an idiot? during? And that whole thing looks bad. Do you think that news company wasn't going to release that? Because if you didn't, you're a fucking idiot. You know... Ricky, you've been you've been kind of talking in this in this segment so far about you really think Grobe should get if he if he wants to be a good guy and try and portray himself as this good guy, uh, he should get rid of the entire coaching staff and really start fresh. Well, Baylor well, needs to get rid of Star. Well, what happens is that at the end of the day, leadership starts at the top, and I think that if there was a leader who Baylor could count on that came in and they really wanted to start fresh. I think they 
themselves would probably and most likely get rid of the entire coaching staff. Say, Grobe, I'm handing you the keys now, at least temporarily. You're going to have to try and find other people who want to make this fresh start with you. And they are unfortunately not members mm-hmm. of our staff. I'm not saying that that's necessarily something I would do because I don't know those gentlemen. I do not know their character. You'd like to think that it's good and that Bryles was the only one. Unfortunately, though, uh, Ken Starr uh, is another one that at least a group of alumni and friends from Baylor uh, are supporting him outwardly for sure. You like to think that the guy is good, mm-hmm. but when the video that you and I watched, what you were just describing just moments ago, it showed that he was copied on this email from this girl saying how she was raped. He that's was what the subject said. I was raped it. at Baylor. He was clearly on it, unless that's a different Ken Starr working at the university. I'm going to doubt that one. The thing is, you if you want things to be run well, anything— Corporation, mm-hmm. uh, higher ed, anything. Your leadership has to be top notch, and it's got to start from the top. Because guess what? There's a lot of leaders towards the bottom. Mm-hmm. They just haven't had the opportunity yet to be at the top. But let me tell you, one day they will. But there are a lot of people at the top who are supposed to be leaders who should be nowhere near that role. And this Baylor situation is nowhere near the end of its co- conclusion. It is going to drag on all summer, and I'll tell you this, it's going to drag on all football season. I would not be surprised if once we, like, after this, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, okay, unless something big happens, we talk about it here and there. I'm telling you, once we hit the football season, I would not be surprised if every single week there is a Baylor-related thing for us to talk about because this is going to be a season it's going to go on all season. That's what I think. And I want to ask you two questions to kind of wrap this whole thing up. Number one, I want you to put yourself in the mindset and in the shoes of Jim Grope. Why would you even take this job? Because to me, I would need. I would be like, "Fuck that! I don't even want it." Nope, nope, not not touching that with a twenty foot pole. Well, there's a lot of people out there. There's two, you know, there's there there's a couple types of people and there's a one type of people that, you know, they they don't that that they don't want to they want to take on challenges, but they look at things that oh, that's that's not a challenge that I want to take on. You know, I pick and choose my battles. But then you have people who these are the types of things they want to do. The not to say that this is what they live for, but they want this type of challenge. Because they believe that they can bring a good culture. They can bring a culture where all the things that we talked about earlier, integrity, character, they can do that. They want to be the guy or or the girl or the woman to bring that to whatever it may be. And right now it seems like Jim Grove wants to be that guy who brings a completely new, revitalized and fresh culture to Baylor football. And if you're sitting there going, well, who is, like, you guys have been talking about Grobe. Who is he? He hasn't coached since 2013. That was when he got fired from Wake Forest. But the last thing I wanted to ask you, the second question, was do you think he'll be able to write the ship? Can Jim Grobe write the ship at Baylor? If they give him the opportunities to, 
But if he if there if there are more things that come out that other things happened, this that and the other thing, and there's too many distractions. Sometimes it's hard to write the ship when there's too many distractions, because then there's the your players are distracted, and people are distracted on other things, and it just doesn't go well. So they need to be able to allow him the opportunity to write it, because it's one thing to say, "Here you go, get it done," but it's another thing to go, "Okay, here." We're going to help you along the way to get it done. I think they, if they do that, if they help them along the way, and they mm-hmm. there are no any other there are no other distractions. This is the biggest one you would like to think uh, that the that the worst is behind you, and that's what Grove I'm sure is assuming. If it is, yeah, I think he probably can write the ship. I won't say in a year though. I, I don't know if he does I'm it just in a year, in but general, I think I, he, I think he can do it. I think he can do it. If he's got this mindset and if he sticks to these buzzwords that he's used, yeah, I think he can do it. But if there's any other distractions, no one will be able to do it, no matter who you put there. Well, that's going to wrap up this part of the podcast. I want you guys go down below, comment section, let us know what you guys think about all of this, anything that we've talked with the Baylor discussion. Do you think that Jim Grobe can write the ship for the Baylor Bears? But we're going to move on and talk about my, uh, he's easily becoming my favorite coach in college football, and that's Jim Harbaugh with the Michigan Wolverines. And Brandon, I, we titled this on YouTube the Jim Harbaugh, good or bad for college football, because you could look at it and say, hey man, he he's ruffling some feathers. He's He's making Nick Saban shaking his boots a little bit. Might be a little shake, but Nicky boy over there in uh in what is it Mobile, Alabama? Is that where uh, the Crimson Tide is? It Montgomery or Mobile? I guess Mobile is where the Crimson Tide are from. He's shaking in his boots a little bit. Some could say, "Hey, this is good for college football. This is bad for college football." Where do you sit? Is Jim Harbaugh good or bad for the sport of college football? I think Jim Harbaugh is great for the sport of college football. I think that he brings an energy that that not everyone brings. You know, I, I think that he brings an intensity, and he brings it with his guys, and that's why I think he was able to turn uh, Michigan Wolverine football around so quickly. I mean, I certainly was not a believer just because, not necessarily because of Harbaugh, but I didn't really see a whole lot with, with Michigan. You know, I, I just didn't see a whole lot there. But then again, you know, when they're left with, you know, when Brady Hoke left them, you're just kind of like, well, well, there's kind of ho- no hope there. But uh, what I mean, what do you think? I, I think that he brings so him. much I energy. I mean, these guys love, love him. He, for him to turn around Michigan the way he did, did you think he would do that that quickly? Maybe you did. Maybe. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I did. I, I did think he'd turn I, around. I didn't, I didn't think so. I, I thought, did not think so. Let's put it this not way. as quick as he did. I thought last year would be better than like I thought it'd be better than they were the year before, but like the success they had last year, I thought last season was going to be this season. Like he'd have that one year where it's like, okay, you can see they're getting better, and then this is the coming out party. Year three is the national title party, and he's kind of jump shot that by. Uh, let's put it this way. He has gotten rid of that first year in my mind. And I'm going to go ahead and say it, Brandon. This is this is going to be very far. This is going to be very early. I am going to stick by this prediction all the way through. I'm going to say it right here. 
You ready for it? You're covering your face like you're not ready for it. Yeah, what is it? Michigan over Alabama in the national title game. Book it. Book it. Hardball over Saban in the national title game. Hardball gets his first national title over Nick Saban in the national championship. Book it right now. Book it. That's either really good for Alabama or really bad for Michigan because I like to kiss of death people. But I would really... I would love to see. I'll be honest. I'm not booking it right now, but I would oh, love yeah, to oh, see. Oh, you little bastard! <laughs> you would, just said book I would lo- it two or three times in I a row. Love oh, I'm see. actually not gonna book it. What kind of show you want are me we to running book it? here? You want me to book it? You already did three times. Booking it a third time, then. I would love to see Harbaugh over Saban in the national title game. Fuck it, that's my pick. You you sold me. It's my pick. Don't don't even ask me when we get to the official picks. Because this is my pick. Well, let me tell you, you did not sell me, and folks, I don't know if he sold a whole lot of you either. But the thing is, is that Jim Harbaugh, what he is doing, and what I think Ricky really meant, is that Jim Harbaugh is creating what can be Saban-esque. What Nick Saban has in Alabama. And that's a powerhouse. That is a powerhouse that you have year in, year out. You know they're going to be good. You know they're going to be competing. And I, I think Michigan, though, I will say, I will say, uh, you know, I'm not going to jump out on a branch and fall mm-hmm. uh, like Ricky just did. He's still on his way down. Um, what Harbaugh can do is I think that he can take uh, Michigan uh, to be the winner of the Big Ten this year. That is not so far-fetched. Oh, they win the Big what, Ten, as, they're as, going as, to the college football said. playoff. If they win the Big Ten, they're going to the playoff. No shit. And if they go to the playoff, they're going to win their semifinal game. Who are they going to meet in the championship? Book it, Nick Saban. So, as I was saying, they have a chance to to win the Big Ten. Will they? I don't know. There's there's competition in the Big Ten, people. Let's be honest. Believe it. they got to get past Urban Meyer because Michigan State's going to take a minor step back this year. Basically how it's going to go is in the Big Ten beast, as I like to call it, Michigan and Ohio State are going to be duking it out for the top spot, whoever wins that game, is going to go on to beat whoever comes out of the West and go on to the playoff. Hey, Ricky, i got to tell you something. What? I'm starving, man. Me too. I'm starving. I'm pretty hungry. I am really, really hungry. Let me tell you. Um, speaking I, of, I, just, I just wanted to throw that out there because I am food, though, freaking starving. Speaking of food, though, I'm reading an article right now about Saban versus uh, Harbaugh. I want, I want you to decide who's got the better pregame meal. Harbaugh's steak and whole milk, or Saban's little Debbie, little Debbie oatmeal cream pie. Oh dang! Everybody loves a cream pie, man. Um, maybe not all women, uh, but I would say that I'm gonna go with the. Is that a pregnancy uh, joke? Did you just make a pregnancy joke on the podcast? No, I was making a porn joke oh, on okay. the podcast. Th- th- but, those are okay. Those are okay. But that's okay. But um, steak and whole milk or a little Debbie oatmeal cream pie? I'm going to go with uh, the steak and the whole milk. Oh, that's what I would go I'm with, I'm going to go with the steak and the whole milk. Um, yeah. Uh, steak. Absolutely. It's got to be done the right way, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and whole milk doesn't really matter what milk for me. I got another one for you. Yeah. You ready? Favorite Disney movie. Okay. Harbaugh's is The Lion King. Oh, yes! Nick Saban, this is the only thing me and Nick Saban may agree on, Aladdin. Lion King or Aladdin, who you going with? Lion King. I... 
I want to go with Lion King because I love Hardball, I, I am, but Aladdin's my favorite Disney I am, movie, I am man. going with Lion King. Let me tell you, fans, if you didn't start to tear up a little bit when <laughs> Mufasa died, you have no soul. Uh, but I will, what, I, what I'll say, though, is Aladdin, there's multiple Aladdins. There's like three Aladdin movies. No, this is Aladdin 1. I know, but I'm just saying, you, you can watch Aladdin again. It's a great movie. I love it. I love Aladdin. It's, it's way up there. But let me tell you. That actually, there's a couple Lion Kings too. I am just saying that there's Lion King. There's like a Lion King two, one and a half. Lion, Lion King one and a half. Lion King three fourths. So I'm gonna just take that back. Uh, you people are probably like, "There's here's another reason my brain's so stupid because of what he just said." But I'm still gonna go Lion King. I love the Lion King. I love Aladdin though. I love the Lion King. That's freaking uh, hard. You I'm know, going Lion King, you know though. what? You know what? I am. I love Aladdin. But I am actually going to flip and go with The Lion King with Harbaugh. And here's the reason. Okay. Click down an article. I'm yeah. going to put both these links in the description, by the way. <laughs> We're going to have the longest description the, known to man. The first one is Harbaugh in a press conference quoted Rafiki from The Lion King. He said, and I quote, you can run from it or you can learn from it. Who said that? That's exactly what he said. Who said that? Rafiki. Wise words. Or you can click the link and watch Nick Saban and Alabama players sing A Whole New World. I got to watch that. After we are done recording, I am definitely, we could just definitely going to watch that. I don't know if anyone wants to hear me a sing, man. A whole new world. I mean, I sound just <laughs> like the guy. Dude, you've got angel pipes. Just yeah, well. Angel pipes. Let me tell you, I don't, but thank you. That was, that was, real, <laughs> that was very kind. But no, I mean, just... I love what Jim Harbaugh is doing for the sport. People are going to be like, wow, guys, this is probably the most off topic you guys have gotten in a podcast in some time. But doesn't matter if fun. you don't appreciate it, that's a, a real problem. No, I, I love what Jim Harbaugh is doing. You know what's the best part about what he's doing? He, like, these practices you'll see him in, wears an AI jersey one day. I believe today he wore a Cal Ripken and a Ray Lewis jersey kind of to pay homage to uh, Baltimore. It's stuff like that, man, where if I'm a college kid, fuck yeah, I want to see my coach wearing an AI jersey with khakis, of course, with the jersey tucked into the khakis because he knows how to style, man. If he wasn't wearing khakis, I would assume he's sick. What, Jim? Yeah. If Jim's not... Yeah, if he's not wearing khakis, he's either sick or his wife has not washed them. But before we move on, I do want to... I made my rough, rough early prediction... And I'm going to stick by it, Michigan, Alabama. I know our predictions aren't set. In July, we're going to look at our previews. But as of right now, what would you give your percent on Harbaugh to win the Big Ten? Just give me a percent. You don't have to say if they will or not. But your percentage that Michigan wins the Big Ten, percent right virtually going to the playoff. Percent right now, I'm, I'm going to give it a 60. 60% to win the Big Ten. So 60-40. Yeah. So would that make forty sixty for um, Ohio State? Because we don't think that Michigan State's going to beat any of those teams, right? Am I correct? Say that again. So that would be a forty sixty odds for Ohio State. Yeah. Because I'm assuming if it's sixty percent for them, that Ohio State's taking the other forty percent. But we're we're gonna move on. You guys, let us know down below what you think about. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh? Is he good or bad? For college football, and what do you think of this fun, just off the cuff? What do you think of my kiss of death? I'm giving you a kiss of death 
This date as we're recording is June 6th, so let me know what you think about that. We're going to move on to our final topic, though. We talked about some Big 12 expansion branding not too long ago, and there was an article put out earlier today that says UF, UCF or Central Florida is using, they're touting their growth and their popularity in a letter to their president, John Hitt, made a case and wrote a letter to Oklahoma State President Bern Hargis to try to make the case for Central Florida to join the Big 12. I mean, what do you think? That doesn't make sense to me. They weren't a team we even looked at. I mean, Central Florida, the first thing I thought of was, does that team still got Blake Bortles? Can he come back? Does he have a year of eligibility? Because that's the last thing I remember Central Florida being great. And I mean, the one thing I look at is, okay, what Florida teams are there in the Big 12? There aren't any. All the Florida teams are in the SEC or the ACC. So, I mean, if I was if I was hit, I wouldn't be trying to join. I mean, I get why you're trying to join the Big 12 because they're the conference that could actually be looking for somebody to join their conference. But if it was anything, I'd be trying to join the ACC before the Big 12. Just geographically, it would make more sense. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the thing that we're kind of looking at right now is like. If you're looking to join any of that, this is why we're kind of mm-hmm. having the discussion right now. Okay, this this team's in 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 this kind. That doesn't make sense. You know, we that's why we've looked at. It just doesn't. Why would you continue to put teams in conferences that really doesn't make sense? I don't get it. Do you think that? Do you think that Central Florida should be looked at seriously no. as an expansion team for the Big Twelve? Not for the Big Twelve. No. I don't think so. Is it when, because when you, is it because of their team or is it because of their location? Like we've been saying, I, it's low. It's location, really. I mean, I give give a crap about Central Florida. I, I don't. I, when you sent it to me today, I didn't. I didn't think it made any sense. I didn't think it made any sense at all. I mean, I could be completely wrong, and someone may have a really good point as to why they think it should be there, or is what other people have said about it. But I. I have heard no discussion about it, not until you you showed me that today, and mm-hmm. we're talking about it now. And the words, like I said, that they used were they were toting their let me pull this up their growth and their popularity in a case to join the Big Twelve. And then I sent you another article where Texas's athletic director completely opposes a Big 12 expansion just completely just is like, nope, don't want it. I And the quote says, I don't think prudent things for us to do as a conference is stay where we are. That's what he said. He doesn't think a expansion is needed for the Big 12. And me, me, I'm like, okay, I mean, it depends on this next year because the news did break this weekend that, we are going to get a Big 12 championship game again. We're getting that again starting not this season but next season. It all depends on it all depends on how that works out whether we need to add teams. I think the Big 12 right now is like, okay, we're going to add a championship game and then we'll see if we need to expand. That probably makes the most sense. That probably makes the most sense. It's about time they got a championship game though. Because that's been I mean that's been gone for too long. 
Well, and they need it. They need a legit conference champion in order to make the college football playoff. But, and I mean, I'm if you guys want to, I kind of want to go really big into the expansion part because we already did that. We talked about Memphis, talked about Houston, talked about maybe, like, I don't even remember us talking about Central Florida. They though. weren't even part of the discussion. And they weren't even part of the discussion. And that's the big part where it's like, huh, where did you come from? I know. I know. Where did you come from? Yeah, it just kind of boggles my mind on that one. I really just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Central Florida, why? What What? What? what does that, does that make sense? What does that bring to the table? What do they bring to the table for the Big 12? You know what I would say, actually looking at their schedule this year? You know what I would say if I was the Big 12? September 10th at Ann Arbor. Win that game? Okay, you can come in. Beat Jim Harbaugh, then we'll think about it. <laughs> Beat Jim Harbaugh, and then you know what? Maybe maybe we'll think about it. Because their first game is South Carolina State. That's their first game of the season. Last year? Not even just South Carolina. Oh, you know what? Complete no. Complete no. Because I just looked at their record from last year. Do you know their record last year? No. 0-12. Yeah, solid team. 0-12. Didn't win a single game Last year, 2014, that was the year where they were kind of decent. They were nine and four, nine and four that year, and then twelve and one was the Blake Bortle year where they went ahead and beat Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl. But no, you're you're zero and twelve coming into this season, and you want to use your growth and popularity? No, get out of here. You're not going to contend with our team. You're going to be with any of our teams. You're going to be a bottom feeder. In the Big 12. You just want to join to say that, hey, we're in the Big 12. We're not in the American anymore. We're in the Big 12. Yeah. Trying to ride coattails. Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? Is that not what it seems like? You're right. You're correct. You are correct, sir. That's correct. That's right. But that's the last thing we're going to talk about here on the podcast, unless, and I ask you every week, did we miss anything? Did we miss anything? I don't know. I feel like we're missing something. I feel like we should probably have an intern like Tony Reale that says, this is what you missed. Yeah, stat check. I, we, we all know I'm the one that needs to get stat checked. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, if uh, Me too, though, sometimes on my Disney movies. But Dude, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here, to keep you in check on those Disney movies. Please, I know my Disney movies like the back of my hand. The oh, reason being is, is that because a challenge? that is possibly is that a, challenge? a challenge. Yeah, that Maybe we'll do that for a future Patreon podcast is uh, a Disney challenge between me and Brandon. Because then we, we can will. actually play some of the songs and stuff in there and not have to deal with uh, monetization in YouTube. So yeah, that'd be kind of fun. If, if you possibly want to see that. Go check out our Patreon page. but It's not up yet, but it will be one but day. It, it will be. How about we do it for, you want to do it for uh, July? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's we'll do, do it. that for July. That'll be our Patreon exclusive podcast. But that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast this week. Go ahead, and I'm going to start with this. Go ahead, check out our Patreon page to check out that July Patreon exclusive where me and Brandon go toe-to-toe. Going with our Disney knowledge. We're going to do it. Just book it because I'm booking a lot of things in this podcast. You can also hit that like and repost button on SoundCloud. Hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube so that you never miss a podcast here on the most valuable 
podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. We will see you all or at least talk to you all next week. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.